Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task, that's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass, it was tipped, it's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to old school. There you go. We got you. I turned it on right away. I just want to make sure you could hear because you like tapped yeah, your I headphones. Yeah, his daily battle with the headphones and microphone mm-hmm. and camera. Like he just that the camera just. Yeah. Like I, one day we're gonna come in. Jay's gonna get here early, mm-hmm. and he's gonna come in and just take a bat to that camera. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's right. I can always turn this one around. You're not supposed to tell we'll find, him that. We'll find a way. You're not supposed to tell him that. That's a surprise. It's like, <laughs> hey, Jay, you broke the camera. Yeah, it's just too but bad. I, I can't be on the stream now. But guess what? We got others. We're okay. Jay, we were talking about the, the stuff you listen to. Like I said, I told him, I'm I'm the 49-time world champion at chair dancing. Uh-huh. So that's just, you know, if I'm sitting in the car and I can't really dance, yeah. but I need, to, I need to let the music hit me. Yeah. What is it? Like when you in the truck by yourself, and the song come on, you go, "Okay, I'm gonna act a fool right now." <laughs> like, uh, probably, I don't know. Pumps in a bump for sure. Tip drill. Those are two guaranteed. So he in the truck just with, with just the tenant, act, just acting straight fool with the tenant windows, yeah. and he's. See, now I need to know what that looks like, right? Like, you kind of need to know what it looks like when Jay Foreman lets go. Yeah, that's few and far between, man. I don't really get get loose anymore. Well, but, I mean, you go, like, you know, you go to a wedding, you get, your wife's friend gets married, the DJ hits it. Oh, if they play that, I'll get out there. But they, they, <laughs> I'm sure the, them type of weddings, they ain't doing that. <laughs> what type What were we talking about? Her friends don't? Like Bon Jovi or something. <laughs> sure. You don't want to know former teammates? White snakes. Uh... I haven't been to a wedding in a while, though. I can't even remember the last one I went to. I know, like one time, me, uh, one of my teammates <laughs> rookie year got the whole rookie class went, and he was like, "Yeah, my in law said that, that y'all was acting, y'all was too wild." We had a good time, though, man. We didn't like doing it. We just was just kicking it too hard because that was the first time. I think it was after our rookie year. We went, you know, the following year before mini camp, so we had, you know, kind of got through our first year, so. And there wasn't at that time wasn't much to do in Buffalo, so we we was acting like we ain't been outside for a while. Buffalo is low key quiet. It used to be not anymore though. I mean, I went back a couple of years ago. The city is really built up. Obviously, Sabers are more prominent. They have a Triple A team affiliate yeah. with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. They actually have a stadium there. Um, you know, it used to just be bars that would kind of you know obviously be open to six. But there's actually a lot of stuff to do. On they really built up the waterfront um, along downtown. They got some bigger, like you know, buildings. So it's kind of more thriving. And then even where they have uh, the, you know, the um, the stadium is built up. You know, it used to be, you know, just a lot of war memorial. Yeah, just a lot of nothing. And then there'd be the stadium when you leave, when you go from like West Seneca to 
um, Orchard Park. So um, there's a lot more to do, but, you know, at that point in time, there wasn't much to do, especially because back then, you know, it always seemed like Buffalo was like it was today during, you know, March and April, Mm -hmm. you know, so we didn't get any sunlight to right before that last mini camp, right before uh, training camp because we were always practicing indoors. So we, uh, I forget where Keith got married at, but uh, we went and had a good time. And it's always gray in Buffalo. Yeah. Somebody had told me that we were in, we were at St. John Fisher for training camp. And somebody had told me that Buffalo only get, it was like something like barely over 40 some. It was like either 42 or 45 days of like blue skies and sunlight. Mm-hmm. Just blue. It's just yeah. gray. Yeah. Like yeah. you walk around and it, Gray is the, the the most prominent color. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, but I still I enjoyed my time in Buffalo. I think it's uh, it was a great transition for me because it was you know, somewhat like Lincoln. You know, good winning organization at that time. So it was great. I didn't mind it. And then uh, you know the NFL is a lot different because once the season's over, you know you you gone until you got to be back or until you're summoned back. So, um. Is you know it's quite different where you do get to go and and you know go back to your off season house or whatever you got going on, um, but I enjoyed Buffalo. So where was your off season house? If you were oh I was in Minneapolis, so it really was mm-hmm. I was going from one to one extreme. Yeah, to I was gonna say yeah. you didn't, you didn't go like south. No, but I'm just saying for guys that did, and you know you could travel a little bit, go see some teammates. Um, you know, one of my guys that I got drafted with, Keith Newman, he he was from Tampa and, and had a house in Tampa. So I'd go down and see him train for like a week or two together um, and stuff like that. So I really wouldn't, you know, you, you get to do some stuff. And, you know, I was used to the cold weather, but I, I enjoyed Buffalo, you know, because there wasn't much to do. Uh, but then it was all football. And the same thing you hear about Green Bay is football and football and football. And that's what you're doing. It's your job. So, I mean, even in 2000, you say in 2005, you're saying you had separate places. You didn't stay where you were playing. Oh, when I got down to Houston, I lived there year, year round. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that, you know, that's great because then you're there, you know, you're always kind of working out at the facility, you know, so if anything went wrong, you know, you're on their kind of diamond underneath their umbrella, but it's just good because you're on their program. So, you know, the more that they see you, uh, the better it is. But, you know, some teams don't have that type of uh, obligation for you considering where they're located. So, like the Buffaloes, Green Bays, Stuff like that. They don't expect you to be year-round. But Houston, uh, you can't get much better than that, especially uh, from late September, October to March, April. It's 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 The weather's pretty perfect, except for, you know, February, March, you get some, you know, get some rain and get a little cold for Houston. But, you know, it's only a day or two. You got better f- food in Houston, though, right? Oh, uh, they, they, they got everything. <laughs> they got too much food. <laughs> they got too much food down there. You got the, you know, you got the little Louisiana flavor. You uh-huh. got all types. Of, I mean, obviously, you got uh, great Mexican food down there. Um, you got the eloquent cuisine. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of the seafood. Uh, not a little bit, a lot of seafood. Then you get, you know, the Houston. Papados. Uh, yeah. And you got Papados, um, Papas. And then you got, uh, you know, the stuff that, uh, you know, Houston, like the barbecue down there is different. You know, the brisket is different. And, um, yes. So it's, yes. it's, it's, uh, Houston's a great city. It's a great sports town, a great city, uh, very big. You know, I didn't realize at that point in time, and I don't know if it's kind of surpassed or, you know, I doubt it's gotten smaller, 
Well, it was the fourth largest city in the in the nation. I didn't even realize. I mean, you never just you you'd always hear of New York, Chicago, L.A. when you think of big cities, and you know Houston was fourth, and so uh, you know spread out in it. But it, I really enjoyed my time in Houston, and always enjoy going back. Where where did you live in Houston? Because we lived in the Woodlands. Oh, so you yeah you see that's up by the airport, which is great, but that's too far from the practice facility. So I lived down right in Rice Village, which was okay. Five at the worst, it's a. 10 12 minute drive to to to, to practice right. so did you guys um, have the bubble then we did have the bubble you need the mm-hmm. bubble in houston because it'll be 100 degrees 100 100 seems like humidity and you just can't practice out there uh you know every day because you'll be worn out by the time what time to, do you guys practice you get to the game uh well during training camp dom dom didn't really care he was like hey he here's the thing dom preached to us there's going to be an advantage you know, because the heat and, and teams aren't going to be used to it. Then McNair was like, man, we got to put all these 80,000 butts in here. We can't have them hot. We're always going to have this thing closed. Mm-hmm. So, but in training camp, we, we our first, when we did two-a-days, um, our first practice, let's just say 8 o'clock. It was, I think it might have been like 7.30 or something. So, we go 7.30 to 9 or 7 to 9. Then, you know, you got, you know, lifting and all that stuff meetings and then we'd we'd practice again uh later that night you know so say like six to eight seven to nine or whatever it was and then we'd be off that next morning from practice but we'd have you know lift lift meetings and so forth and so on and then whatever the apex heat index was dom was like that's when we're going to practice so it was anywhere from one o'clock two yeah. to like three would be the start three thirty would be the start and we'd go and we played our high school games during the Apex. So we would they would let out school early. We'd play yeah. the games at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at two o'clock. And then finally, you know, some parents like you had kids passing out yeah. and they couldn't figure out well, why is that happening? I don't know, it's hundred and forty eight degrees. <laughs> you had the kids hit twelve pounds of pads. Yeah, I think that might be it. So they finally moved it uh to seven o'clock. Yeah. Where the sun was set. I was like, Okay, thanks, Houston. We appreciate it. It it was there. So we've 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 been dealing with trying to 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 locate put the exact location on where these husker programs are so last night you got to watch the husker basketball team yeah. and, and i the first question i asked bach and i asked strick was are you mad or are you disappointed jay you had seen this team before right you saw him last night it make you mad disappointed what did what what comes to mind? Oh, I definitely am mad because uh, it's the first game of the season. Um, I'd say a little disappointed, and but I'm not surprised considering, like I said, the hardest part about coaching is getting young, immature kids to try to do adult things, which is come in prepared mentally, and mentally to be physical, right? Mm-hmm. And if, you know, Western Illinois was in the double bonus very early, so that lets you know that they. You know, they were pretty overly aggressive but physical as well. But, um, you know, it takes a certain mindset. I mean, Nebraska got destroyed on the boards. Mm -hmm. I mean, just annihilated on the boards. And that's usually a want to. You know, there's old saying, you know, you rebound or you die. But, you know, know, it's got to be important. And the nights that you're not hitting threes is the nights that you got to be able to lock down and play some D and you definitely got to rebound to kind of either hang around or hold on to a lead or gut out a victory. So – um, you know, a little disappointed, not surprised. Um, and I think that, you know, um, 
they'll bounce back from it. I still like the makeup of the team. I think, you know, so and not making excuses for them because I think if you play it 10, 10 times, they need to win 10. But they, it, now it, I think they'd still win nine in a row against this team. But um, with so many options and so many new pieces, you know, it's going to take a little while to that rotation not only gets set, but then comes to fruition. And um, so they got a lot, they got scoring power, but as you know, you just got to make sure you maximize it to the, to the, to the utmost, um, whether it's a regular game where you are hitting or a game like this, so where you got to, you know, kind of maybe pull some pieces apart and see, you know, what, if, what, you know, combinations, you know, you know, maybe you put Wiltshire and have him on the ball, run a high pick and roll with Walker, get, get more downhill, but then try to get the big guys more involved. There's a couple times, you know, I thought Verge could have dumped it off and uh, gave him a chance to at least touch the ball. You know, you guys can fall asleep when, you, when, you, when you're so ball dominant. You know, I think one time he might have went back and forth on his crossover dribbles like 10 times. I felt like I was watching the <laughs> one tape. The homeboy got some quickness and can get to the hoop and he's creative. Uh, but now we just need to, you know, curtail, curtail that to where it's advantageous for the team and make it more efficient. And then we just need to tighten up some stuff on defense, which will in turn help you box out and get more rebounds. Because if you're out of position on a pick and roll, whether you're hedging the pick and roll or you're just going to, you know, I call it lazy switch where you don't even try to fight through the pick and you're just waiting for the guy to come. And whether you're high pressure in that pick or you're just kind of like, hey, Jay Foreman's out there. I know he's not a good shooter, so I'll just slough out. Whatever it is, if you're out of position and say a shot goes up and then they happen to miss – then you know you're out of position on the, on the defensive rebound, and um, especially against a team that was, um, I wouldn't say hot, but they definitely were on time when they needed to hit threes. Before the game would get too far out of hand, or they needed to kind of get a lead to where they can kind of play, you know, with the lead, mm -hmm. they would hit a big shot or a big three or get a, you know, dinky dunk, uh, you know, put back. Nebraska would tie. Nebraska would be slow in the rotation, give up a defensive rebound, put back two after playing defense for like 10, 12 seconds. At the end of the half. Yeah, end of, yeah, end of the half or just whatever, you know, so forth. Those are like the, you know, the equivalent of everybody's covered, one guy's out of his rush lane, and the quarterback scrambles for a nine-yard gain on third and seven. That's what it seemed like. Last yeah, time. that's what it seemed like. So those are things. That the, everything that they didn't do well, take the shooting out of it, um, are correctable. Better free throws down the stretch on the front end of one on ones, and obviously completing the double bonus, especially with your guards, mm -hmm. right? Especially uh, ball dominant guards. Ball dominant guards or guards shooters, you know, definitely. You know, you guys should be able to close ice the game out. Um, and then obviously they can, can you know, definitely can control uh, rebounding because that comes down to want to and effort, and it's a team effort, right? So instead of having three guys leak out after the shot goes up, maybe only one or maybe two until you can get a hold. And, and do a good job of defensive rebound, re defensive rebounds, uh, and then you know limit their shots, and that's you know where it came down to. But listen here, you know two, you know number five, your boy Trenton Masner, mm -hmm. he pulled that bad boy right in their, in their face. They you know whoever was guarding him was playing twenty eight, whap, but he was playing face defense for you people mm -hmm. out there. Face defense, you guarding him with your face, not you know, not hands, and getting up in his body. Um, you know, you could go back and say, well, Nebraska could have fouled him and only put him at the line, fouled him right off the get-go, and, and then, you know, he shoots two shots, you get the rebound, you're still up by one, you're kind of playing money ball. I call it small – or a small ball. We call it money ball. Do that. But then, you know, your boy Luka Berizic pulled the Luka – or not the Luka Doncic, what's the dude? Djokovic on him. He pulled the Joker on him. 
bam, ice water in his veins. Pulled it too. Like it and and those weren't poorly defended. They just weren't defended well enough. Like they were a okay difference. to be they were okay defended. They weren't they definitely when it's crunch time, you have to find it in yourself like we are gonna lock in and play D. Do you but sometimes the whisper is in those situations you don't want to turn those into free throws. Three like, a, a three a three point shot? Yeah, those well, two. you can foul him as soon as he gets it. But that's never been done here. What do you mean? I don't know. Well, then that's – I mean, I'm just – I mean, that's here nor there. I mean, they hit two big-time shots. So, so, it's Coach Jay. Would you have – are you saying you would have fouled and sent him to the free-throw line so at least you're even? But well, then – he then, makes two. But then the way that the, – They, the they game rebound and they yeah. mess around. They better, hey, <laughs> that's they're going to mess around and be the game going to be tied anyway. So, I right? mean – The way look, the rebound was day, going, yeah. At the end of the day, they hit two big threes. Nebraska had a chance to get downhill and get to the free throw line, and uh, the shot was made, I think, 40% harder by not going straight through or straight to contact. Which seemed to me like he was playing to contact. Uh, like he threw, uh, well, the, he the threw level of difficulty body. went when you tried to reverse it with the with the yeah. with the with the dom or with your with your right hand on the left side. Yeah. I think the level of difficulty went up ninety percent. I just felt like he went up to to get contact and go to free throw line. I don't think with that move, I think he was going up there to make it. He gonna do all that? You know, he had three shooters around the perimeter, right? Locked and loaded, right? You know, you you said a thing that for this system, ball heavy guards can be problematic if they're not playing well and if everybody is included. How do you make sure, especially with the pick and roll in this team, like the two exhibition games, pick and roll at the top got everybody else involved because he and Derek were on the same page. And that right. allows for shooters to, to get open and be prepared. Also, not having that man mattered. Yeah. Absolutely mattered. 6'9 shooter, rebounder, defender. Absolutely mattered. How do you make sure that when things friction up like that, how do you get them back into their offense? No, I mean, that's something they probably – I guarantee you they – look, Coach Hoiberg is a real deal. Um, his offense is – and the system works. So, you know, this is stuff that's just about getting a, getting used to, you know, a new team. I mean, to answer your question, you just – you know, whether you're in a timeout, say, look, man, let's – look, I know we can get some, you know, some shots you, you know you like shooting, but let's start working some – let's see how they like to play defense, right? I think too many times we're so ball dominant so quick we come down – Boom, 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 get it up. They haven't had to play defense. So the backside or off the ball defense is kind of, well, shoot, I just got to chill. Now I can sprint. Now I can run the floor, you know, while everybody's like waiting to see if they were going to get a pass. And then, you know, they're kind of like playing, playing on their heels. So a little bit of that. Sometimes, you you know, you just want to make them play D, make them think, you know, as much as shooting threes, getting to the free throw line, you know, getting to the hoop, you know, all the other fancies. I mean, basketball, is a, you, you have to challenge them mentally because you might be doing something that could set up something uh, later in the game. And whether it's, you know, look, what I, I try to tell, you know, even kids, like you shoot a good shot, and even if it doesn't go in, but, it you, you know, as a basketball player, like, yeah, that was a good shot, and say it was tight rims or just kind of, you know, bang-banged and went out or kind of, you know, looped out or something. You know, that mind that mindset that the, neck, the guy that's guarding you, he's going to have to respect your shot. Now, if you shoot a shot and it hits the side of the backboard, Oh, we can go chill in the – we can almost play like a, you know, reverse, reverse box and one, self-check out there. So, 
Um, there's other things you can do, you know, get in a little offense, get a little motion going, um, maybe take the, the dominant ball handler off the ball, um, which could give him a rest, but then also expand his game because I think, you know, Verge can score whether he's ball dominant or off the ball. I could, the homeboy gets it. He got some quicks. And, and got, 13 rebounds. And, yeah, and, and, that, and that helps because those long rebounds that they were that were coming off, he was getting them and then jamming it down their throat if he potentially – on the fast break. So those are things that you need to take advantage of and accentuate, but you can still do it if he's off the ball because whether it's Trey Webster, when he comes back, um, Bryce, um, even Wilcher, you know, can handle it, you know, I, I, you know, and then you maybe get like a little big man, you know, pick and roll, you know, with, uh, Oh, uh, bootleg, uh, I won't call him bootleg, but, uh, you know, Bill Walton, I like Mm -hmm. to call him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then maybe Derek Walker or Wilcher in, 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 um, and goggles. I'm gonna call them Sir Goggles. <laughs> uh with Sir Goggles or somebody like that. You know, just to kind of just throw the defense off. Another look. And um it was just one of those nights they weren't hitting. They didn't make enough free throws down it down the stretch. They didn't defend well down the stretch and they didn't rebound all game. So the four things that they needed to do that they usually do or need to do at least two to win majority of their games, they did zero. Especially in the Big Ten. Especially in the Big Especially Ten. The and they are, the thing is, they're not going to hit every time, and that's fine. You know, this will be all good. Who did you want to see more of? Ooh. Well, Wilhelm, Sir Goggles, was in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. So you can't really say him. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I think uh, Kese, maybe. He gave you 17 minutes and balled out. Right. Like, uh, he yeah. went one for five, but, but, the but energy, he was the energy. Yep. He had three steals, uh, hit a long three. Uh, he had, you know, only one rebound. But I, I, I think, I, you know, I think you'd like to see him just as a little bit of change up. Because, look, once he comes over half court, you got to respect that. And even though he's one for five, he shoots two more. He can mess around and be three for seven. Just like that. So – um, even though he didn't, he only made one. They all looked like makeables. They all looked like good shots, and uh, definitely within his range. So maybe him just to kind of maybe, um, you know, spread that defense a little bit, because I felt like Verge could get downhill on those on these dudes. Uh, Bryce obviously <laughs> could get downhill. Trey could. C.J. Wilcher uh, definitely could. So if you go small, that's fine because. You know, you're not rebounded anyways, but also they're not a, the, the team that you're playing isn't overly big. They're not like, you know, Illinois last year. We had, you know, Coburn in there and the guys, you know, where you like, dang, this dude is, you know, 6'11", 2'6". He's a load. And no Eduardo Andre, right. no Kobe, no Lat. Yeah. And I think Eduardo – because I kept looking for yeah. Eduardo. To yeah, find, find Andre, yeah, would have been – I was about to say the next because he's a big body, has strong hands when he go, when the ball comes off. He can – you know, it's no fumbling going around. You know what I mean? When he gets it, it's it's in a vacuum. So maybe him just a, you know, another big body in there and uh, some more energy. And and uh, but you know what? I think it's a learning lesson for this team. And I know that look, they got to get ready come Friday because uh, this new opponent they're going to see blood in the water. They're like, oh man, what's the Illinois one? And what's the difference between them and us? Well, Sam Houston, that's a program that's been around the tournaments, right? So yeah, so they got the tradition. <laughs> And they definitely ain't gonna come in here scared, but uh, and they got athletes, and they, yeah, and you know they're gonna have athletes. So, but, but have... I think Nebraska is gonna play a lot better uh, come Friday night. 
Yeah, I, I kind of peeped. Some folks said seven and zero, and I thought I thought they'd get to two and one. Uh, we'll see, because whatever I saw last night was not what I was expecting. I do want to load the question for you, though. We'll we'll get your answer when we come back from the break. But I'll ask you, Jay Foreman, on your night of of first seeing live basketball, real regulation basketball for Bryce McGowan's, I'll ask you to give your scouting report on Bryce McGowan's when we come back. You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.